0: Hello and welcome to Minted Dialogue, episode number 107. This interview is with Justin Brown, co-founder with Mark Backax of Ideapod, a social platform for collecting and amplifying ideas that matter. It's a really interesting initiative that's just opened up a beta version. There are already 30,000 users, including some of the more in-the-know people like Jason Silva, my friends Jeremy Waite and Brian Solis. Enjoy the show and listen up for the code to get immediate access to Ideapod. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minta Dial, author of themindset.com. That's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue. Today I have someone who I met through our my great friend Jeremy Waite. Um, who is quite a mixture of a character we're sitting here in Paris uh, so Justin tell us who you are what you're up to and if you would tell us what is your mindset how would you describe your mindset uh,
1: thanks me it's a pleasure to be here my name's Justin Brown I'm one of the co-founders of IdeaPod IdeaPod is a social media platform for ideas ideas are limited to 1000 characters so it's a great way to express yourself and get your ideas off the ground um I guess uh, in terms of my mindset, I would have to say that I believe when you understand your purpose, whether it's a deeper sense of purpose or something a little more focused in the present moment, that's when you really activate your human energies and you become most alive. You get to know yourself better and uh, you really experience life to the full. So for me, working on Ideapod, um, before this, I was actually doing a PhD in international politics, which I thoroughly enjoyed and, and got a lot out of. But I found I was really passionate about creating this social media platform for ideas on the web. So I, um, I quit the PhD and decided to work full-time on this with my co-founder and we built a team. And I must say the journey has been incredible and I've never um, – gotten to know myself in such a a unique and um, intimate way uh, as with
0: ideapod that's great so uh, let's talk about the 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 origin of ideapod i mean you were telling me when before recording about how it it actually originated during the phd how did the the genesis of it
1: so initially it was a side project it was a website to help academics get the knowledge from out of their heads and out of the research papers that were um, closed to the public people needed subscriptions to journals, things like that. And idea um IdeaPod, it was originally called Research Nexus. It was a way for academics to actually get their knowledge online and start building networks of interested people around their wonderful knowledge. Um and then it evolved from that point and it became much more focused on ideas for a mainstream
0: audience. Mm. All right I'm gonna riff off on that in one second because uh, when you talk about research and whether it's the medical community or others there are already organized ways of publishing people's ideas and so the whole model for these you know business you know american medical association whatever was all about paying subscriptions to then publish in some curated vetted forum for research ideas How how does this compare with those types of models where people are trying to get more credibility for their publication as opposed to just putting it out there?
1: The first point I think we need to make is that the peer review process within academia is actually very important for advancing knowledge because you need experts to vet what you're working on, to actually look at the research process underpinning what you're putting forth. And there's huge value in that. And there's a lot of credibility that comes from publishing in peer-reviewed journals, uh, which is well-deserved by the authors. So I think that's a very important – it serves a very important function in society in terms of advancing knowledge. However, the system appears to be very flawed mm. at the moment in that the often it's governments um, and certainly universities that fund research being carried out and yet the public doesn't have access mm. to the output of, of research. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's very influential um, publishers of these journals that essentially get free labor from academics Mm -hmm. uh, who are paid by their universities, who are funded by taxpayers. And yet the taxpayers don't have access to the knowledge. And I think the system's broken. A lot of people are recognizing the system's broken. um, And there's huge opportunity with the rise of the web in the way we communicate online to disrupt uh, systems that are actually broken and don't serve the end user or the Taxpayer, and I think that there is a real need for platforms like IdeaPod, but mm-hmm. certainly many others that actually are all about sharing knowledge openly online, so that we can uh, benefit from the knowledge, but also do something with it.
0: Well, I mean, if I listen to you like that, I'm sitting back, I'm thinking. There's lit- I can't remember the guys. Aaron, what Aaron? The guy who was at Reddit. Um, do you remember his name? All right. Well, the guy who who outed all the information um, and the research uh, at MIT um, and then Eric committed Schwartz. Schwartz exactly. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So it sounds a little bit of of Eric Schwartz. I mean, Aaron Schwartz in you. Uh,
1: that that would be an amazing compliment uh, in terms of the, the impact he's had on the world and the um, the standing he has, you know, in, in the open idea sharing community. But mm. I, I could never compare myself. Well, I don't know, It's just a I little. This perhaps in intent, you know, and in terms of. Um, in terms of advancing knowledge and, and opening it up to, to the public, um, I certainly um, admire a lot of what he's actually stood for. Uh, but, of course, I think there are, can be very legitimate ways of actually creating right. new platforms to, to get the knowledge sure. out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, with with full respect to, to, to him and to everyone else working on very important initiatives, for me, Pod has been the natural process mm-hmm. to... to um, to create this kind of forum.
0: Yeah, that's cool. All right. No, I love that. So, um, all right. So, and in, in before we met, I, I just took a little look around and and one of the things that struck struck me in, in your profile, you say, well, this is uh, about the power of social media to and its creative potential. So where I wanted to ask you about it, you know, is this creative potential all good and is social media a platform for doing good? Well, I think first
1: of all, social media is just a channel. It's a means of communication in the way that, We have the ability to write letters on paper that can be sent by the post. Uh, Then, you know, we've had many other ways to communicate like telephones, you know, rose up and, um, you know, the Internet and email and Facebook chat and everything else like that. And these are all wonderful ways for us to communicate. And social media is a way for us to do it quite publicly and to spread ideas really fast in terms of the creative potential of human beings, I think we need to look at human beings first and say that yes, we are creative agents. We do have the ability to inspire people around us and to do a lot of good in the world and create change. So certainly when the initiative is already good, it already has purpose, it already has inspiration packed in, then yes, I think social media can enhance uh, and accelerate that whole process.
0: Unfortunately, of course, that we don't all necessarily use it for the same purpose, but, um, which I understand. Anyway, that's cool. You also wrote about uh, as an Australian because you're an Australian living in New York, uh, educated in Brussels and London, so a man of the world. Uh, and, and you wrote uh, you want, you need uh, you need to embrace Asia. Can you just elaborate on that one for a second?
1: So, I think we live in a really extraordinary time uh, in the 21st century where the global economy seems to be pivoting back towards. East Asia or China as really the the center of the global economy. Um, as we really know from economic history, 200 years ago, that was actually the case before the Industrial Revolution. So it's really, it's no big news and it's all quite natural. And I think there's a huge amount of knowledge and wisdom, you know, coming from Eastern philosophy and um, the Chinese way of doing things that we can learn a lot from. Uh, and by the same token, there's a huge amount of amazing knowledge and wisdom coming from the Western you know, approach to science and um, the the scientific method, for example, which has advanced the world in so many different ways. So, you know, something I'm quite passionate about is being able to to embrace you know both sides and all different sources of knowledge to advance the society. And Australia uh, is in a very, what I would say, very fortunate position in that geographically we are an Asian country. Mm. We're part of Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And then I would say that culturally and politically, we're a Western country, yeah. you know, with, the, um, with it having a very democratic system, the rule of law, freedom of speech, which is a huge benefit. It's an amazing country. And we're really fortunate to have an influx of visitors and immigrants from Asia, mm-hmm. which will shift our culture over time. And this is something that we can embrace mm-hmm. and become, I think, a, a leading light um, of the 21st century fusing
0: these two different um, traditions of knowledge. Yeah, and of course, Australians will naturally more often than not go to Asia for the holidays, so they get a chance to see it. One of the things that struck me about that, why I wanted to bring it up, was that very few people don't recognize that China is a rather powerful up-and-coming country, if not you know, about to dominate with the amount of internauts and, and uh, their proliferation on and mobile and the size of their e-commerce business. And yet, for all its strength, what I struggle to see are people actually not just embracing it, but recognizing that they have stuff to learn from it.
1: Absolutely. And it's interesting. I read quite an influential blogger recently who was saying, isn't it interesting that in terms of service uh, in restaurants – soon we may actually have ipads and we're going to do all of our ordering for the food from ipads and we're not going to have any contact with the waiter i remember a trip to japan about two years ago Mm -hmm. uh, and first of all the blogger was saying this is going to be a very innovative thing it's (laughs) coming and you know it's not far away and it's like the cutting edge it's the cutting edge
0: it's already around
1: it's absolutely already around i was in tokyo a few years ago and i was literally it it wasn't an ipad but it was it was a tablet And I was ordering all of my food from a tablet. Yeah. The beer just came. The, um, the, the food I was eating just came. And I had very little contact with the waiter. And from my mind, the service was fantastic. And it's already there. And that's just one really small example. I mean, there are many other examples that I'm sure you would know yeah. a lot
0: about of great technology companies that we can learn a lot from. Yeah, well, what, what just strikes me is, strikes me is that we, yeah, we all know that it's out there, but we're not really ingesting it. And then, of course, you know, Chinese are probably more known for copying than innovating. But I, I get the feeling today that there's a shift and we need to be a little bit more respectful, a little bit more insight, you know, wanting to go into it, get over the lum- language hump and do it. I mean, WeChat is an extreme, I mean, really a different uh, application than uh, than we have in, in our Western world. And I think some of the stuff that they have Hidden within WeChat is delightful, and we need to have we need to have some more of that experience in, in in our sites.
1: Yeah, I think the his the history of of progress is all about copying and stealing ideas, and of course, the history of economic growth or dynamism in Europe is all about taking ideas from China. You know, in the twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth centuries, and uh, implementing them in Europe, and that's where they really t- took off. I mean. For example, gunpowder was invented in China, you know, back in the day. Mm. Uh, people say the steam engine was actually around in the Song Dynasty, like around 1000 AD, mm. you know, well before it was in Europe in the 1700s. Uh, paper-based currency came from from China, you know, around 1000 AD as well. So, you know, these are really key ideas that the West has always copied from the East, and um, and right now the West industrialized in the 19th and 20th centuries and huge economic growth came about from that and it's an amazing process where technological know-how education skills are being transferred from the developed countries the western countries of the world into the east where they're really benefiting from that and it's going to be a two-way process and there must be so much we can learn well i'm
0: going to believe this would be a great idea for idea oh wait, christ so here we are justin we are talking about an idea so let's just talk about that how could IdeaPod pod take that idea and, and and let's talk about the process that IdeaPod could be as a as a platform for for you know moving this uh, idea further so
1: we could break it off into two different categories of ideas one may be the broader idea that we need to learn more from the east and we could put forth the idea in one thousand characters. We can inspire
0: a lot of people in English characters, as opposed to Chinese characters. Uh, in whatever characters, thousand characters in Chinese is a buddy book. <laughs> in, in, in in whatever characters you want. Uh,
1: so yeah, you that, can
0: write in Chinese.
1: Uh, yes, you oh, can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We all all languages on IdeaPod. So um, I guess the Chinese can definitely put forth more substantive ideas than with their characters. But you can put forth the idea and then the users, the community we've got are all about helping you advance the idea and, you know, turn it into action or or, or help shift people's perspectives or try to make change with
0: that particular idea. So that's one way, uh, and maybe the other way might be to be have a specific idea. Let's say you know Seth uh, Godin was talking about. Uh, well, we, why don't we actually give credit to alternative medicine that comes from China and 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 stop poo pooing it and then ha- integrating it to so be more specific within the content. So in this case,
1: users that support that idea um, can indicate their support for the idea by clicking the support button, and they can engage in the conversation and share. ideas their own ideas about how they can turn Seth Godin's idea into practice. Mm-hmm. And then Seth Godin can actually take all of these supporters and inspire them to, to put it into practice in various
0: ways. Mm, cool. All right. So let's talk a little bit more idea, Justin. So, um, it's in beta. Exactly. When did it start? And how many users we have today? Or is that the right question?
1: Uh, the, well, it, it's in beta. We launched in invite only beta on February twenty. Um, It it was around for a little while before that enclosed beta, about October 1st, we we got the platform up and the um, the growth has been really strong. Uh, For us, we actually don't focus so much on user numbers. We focus on average time on site. And the reason for this is we believe we've got a very clearly defined space that we're trying to create a place on the web for ideas, idea sharing, turning ideas into action and so on. And we could certainly focus on user numbers and we could blast it out there and get everyone to invite people in. But it's all very well to have 100, 200, 500,000 users that are actually not using the site too much. The key metric for us is average time on site by every visitor. We met with one of the early investors in Pinterest and he said, this is what you really need to be focused on. Pinterest in the early days were not focused on user numbers. They were relentlessly focused on quality interactions quality pins being shared and users spending a lot of time on the site so enabling that process to happen they got to 10 minutes average time on site uh, and that's when they really started to take off
0: so right now how many users do you have and if you're looking at the traffic the users that are coming back that are spending five minutes, how does that break down?
1: Yeah, so, so for us, the average time on site by returning visitors since the beta launch is five minutes 30, but it's actually, it may even be a little bit higher because every day we get the the numbers coming in and it's more like seven and a half minutes, eight minutes. Oh, cool. And our target is to get to 10 minutes by September. And I think that um, we're on the way to, to doing that based on our product roadmap. Um, the, the, the growth in the user base, it's, it's growing steadily. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, I would say influencers using IdeaPod already like Brian Solis, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Silver, Jeremy Waite, who you introduced in the beginning, um, many others that are really sharing their ideas pretty fast and we're getting a lot of new sign-ups, uh, a lot of new traffic of people that are looking at the ideas that are subscribing to our Twitter feed. Our Twitter handle is at mm-hmm. So uh, That's a good one. Yeah, we, we did well by uh, managing to get, to get that actually. Um, so, you know, the traffic's increasing and the community's building. But, um, yeah, we're really focused on average time on site because that means it's a quality
0: user experience and people love it. All right. So, I mean, really, this is very fresh. You started at the end of last year. February 20th, we had the beta invitation now. It's going out. What are the kinds of learnings that you've had as an entrepreneur? Because you've gone from being a PhD into this world of, you know, getting financing and, and tracking numbers and doing the business. What are the kinds of learnings you've had, Jason, Justin, as, a, as, a, as an entrepreneur?
1: I think the most important one is the importance of humility because it's all very well to think that you know what's going to happen. Uh, you can have a great idea for, for how things should be or, or what features people are going to like, but until you actually introduce it onto the platform and get feedback from the users, for example, it, um, it, it means nothing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever your ideas are. Uh, the second is it's the, the importance of a team. So we have a phenomenal team, uh, with IdeaPod, and people are really focused on the vision that we have to build the place for ideas on the web. And that's why people come to work with IdeaPod. It's all about the broader mission, the broader purpose of what we're trying to achieve. And the broader mission purpose then goes on to define the culture. And I think we've got a very clearly defined culture with IdeaPod where it is good ideas that matter. Um, we don't have role titles, actually. Mm-hmm. So we have everyone. Everyone is able to say, I disagree with this feature going onto the platform, Mm -hmm. or I disagree with this approach. Mm -hmm. And if there's a good reason not to do it, then through discussion, we always
0: end up not doing it. So it's very flat. So uh, how do you define people's roles? I mean, for someone in business, this can be rather scary not to have titles. We
1: define roles by accountability for completing certain tasks. So you still... Of course, the role is still there, and I personally can't write in JavaScript or Ruby on Rails, two of the languages that we're using at the moment, so I don't take those tasks and take accountability for them. But we have phenomenal experts that can write in that, in that language, so they sort of step up and take control of certain features and put them in the platform. Uh, something that I take accountability for is fundraising, for example. So I go out and do my best to do it along with my co-founder or it could be something to do with marketing or being interviewed on a podcast and things like that. So people step up and have autonomy for taking control of what they're working on. So of course, roles naturally develop from that.
0: Mm. All right. So Idea Ideapod, it's really fresh and out there. I've I put out my first idea, I'm very happy to say. Um, what are, the, what are the new functionalities that we can be looking at and how do you plan to roll them out?
1: set you can tell us about. Yeah, no, certainly. There, there is, um, the platform's in, in beta with a very limited feature set. So for us to have such a high average time on site already, we're super pleased with. Uh, the first category of features that will be coming will be around boards, which is a way for users to organize their ideas so they can create a board Uh, For a particular topic, it could be the future of technology or 3D printing or whatever it may be. Then you can actually organize all of your ideas into a board. Uh, The second is around mind mapping and visualization of connections between ideas. So all ideas on the platform can be connected, kind of like neurons are are connected by synapses in the brain and you create new patterns of thought. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same with Ideapod. So pretty soon you can have new ways of visualizing those connections, which will, I think, yield a lot of important insights. And the third is around collaboration. So there's a new kind of suggestion response system where users can actually
0: help to advance certain ideas and, and get them off the ground. All right. Well, the inevitable question, I mean, I'm not going to ask for an ROI yet because that usually comes in. But um, business model, What is? where are you on the thoughts of business model? And, and how do you structure that thought?
1: So… We are completely focused on the user experience of Ideapod and the user base and the community. We have a phenomenal community already. Jeremy Waite was looking at Ideapod the other day and said, you know, he said he wants to run an analysis, a a, a sentient analysis of all of the ideas that have been created. And he said, I know it's going to come out that Ideapod is the world's most positive social network. I mean, the interaction is mind-blowing and so wonderful. So we're completely here for the users and we're going to grow the platform and keep on hopefully creating something amazing for them. Um, We're aware that when you have a platform that's growing fast and there's a lot of interactions around ideas, there are some very interesting ways to monetize um, and we're exploring them pretty closely. Uh, It could be around something like native advertising, which is where the advertising is much more engaging with users at the level of ideas Uh, So we do have some organisations that want to come on and help create those conversations. Uh, Two, it could be around at the level of subscriptions for ideas or streams of ideas or streams of data analytics based on what's coming next. So ideas are very future-oriented. Users are actually peering into the future to see what's coming. So there's a huge opportunity around uh, building in data analytics and giving access uh, uh, to that. And thirdly, um, we're exploring a model where... We can empower the users to actually allocate some of the funds coming into Ideapod towards various causes or initiatives or ideas to help get those ideas off the ground. Um, But at the moment we are early stage and we are growing really fast Mm -hmm. and our primary focus is on, on enabling the growth.
0: Grow it. And then the money shall come in a sense. Um, Maybe to some degree, Ideapod has the advantage of coming after the other social media where, for example, Facebook users uh, and the idea of intrusions of advertising and, and Facebook actually needing to make money is a sort of a, a, a rude awakening for brands who are coming on, oh, this is a great way to get free audience, and all of a sudden now they have to pay for it. Idea Pod, I think, you know, the users are not duped, especially since you have probably more net-savvy folks that are on it first, the so sort of the, the first explorers used to the idea of you have to make money out of this. To what extent do you want to or do you believe you're going to include the community on on Ideapod in the creation of, of a viable business?
1: You know, we often get asked, can you give us an example of ideas being shared on the platform that have been turned into practice? And I think the best example we've got is that we're creating Ideapod through um, sharing ideas on Ideapod. So we actually create ideas and we ask the users what features they want and we get huge engagement, huge responses around that. We get new ideas on the platform about Ideapod. There's a trending hashtag, hashtag Ideapod on Ideapod, and all of the users are telling us what they love, what they think needs to change. Um, We're very active in those conversations and it, it provides enormous value to us in figuring out what we need to build and what the users want to see. So, in terms of moving forward on a business model, this would be no different. We'll be um, actively engaged with the user base, the community, and and listening very closely to what they want.
0: Yeah, a little bit of a walk in the talk. And so, in terms of you being responsible for fundraising, where are we standing on that? What can you tell us?
1: We are um, we're quite well funded uh, as a as an early stage platform. We've been very fortunate with some supportive investors that are very aligned with the mission of IdeaPod to elevate social media discourse at the level of ideas and help ideas be turned into action. And we're also in active discussions with, with a number of investors at the moment that want to continue to support us further. So, uh,
0: yeah, we're in a fortunate position, uh, and, and, and things are going well. Good for you. All right, so one thing, Justin, I did notice, uh, no mobile. So was that that was a, a, a decision you made at the beginning, and where are we about mobile? When are we going to have a mobile app?
1: I think mobile is incredibly important, and all of our users are calling out for a mobile app. Uh, we're working on it. We're running a Kickstarter campaign probably next month uh, to raise some money for building the app. And the reason is the users have been calling out for it so much that we're going to allow the users to participate in, in helping us build it, in, in sharing ideas on what it needs to incorporate. The the mobile app will be very um, video-centric. It will allow users to create ideas using video on the camera, mm-hmm. limited perhaps to 40 seconds, mm-hmm. which is kind of equivalent to 1,000 characters. So, yeah, mobile app is coming.
0: Beautiful, And because you you do say it's limited to 1,000 characters, are are you, are you going to want to transcribe into Google searchable text? How's that going to work?
1: Uh, in terms of the videos yeah. coming through, uh, we, we we don't have any specific plans around that. I mean, we're totally focused on a great user experience, people communicating and mm-hmm. so on. Google's very good at reading uh, whatever content
0: is on the web, so we'll leave that up to them. I see. All right, and so... In in terms of your strategy for growth, uh, how do because you know getting a great idea? I think you know in the end of the day there are many great ideas. Some and and certainly many great blog posts are out there, but the challenge is they fall in a vacuum. What is your approach to trying to drive traffic, drive distribution of these ideas? Because in the end of the day, you do need an audience to read these ideas to, to have volume. Uh, again
1: uh it may sound counterintuitive but it's our complete focus which is average time on site which is an amazing user which means that there's an amazing user experience the average time on site's already extraordinarily high and it's only going in one direction at the moment and the higher that goes i think the more the users love it the users have the ability to invite new users in once you've been invited in yourself so it's really the users that are spreading the word the most and we have um we have a range of users i mean and we love all of our users and all of the ideas that are created. Uh, and there are some quite influential users with quite broad followings already using Ideapod. And mm-hmm. when they start spreading the word because they love it, mm-hmm. um, we see a big change. Spark in traffic.
0: That's cool. So I know you guys have uh, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn for shareability. When's a WeChat coming in? Or <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think resulting from this conversation and uh, you know needing to to uh, walk the talk, uh, it's something I'm you gonna like have it. to well I have to share with the team and get their thoughts on it. Of definitely, yeah.
0: All right, great. So Justin, um, thanks very much for coming to the show. Uh, for people who are interested in signing up for IdeaPod, how do they do it?
1: So you can sign up on the on the site at ideapod.com. Uh but for all of the listeners to this podcast, we'd like to offer uh you know exclusive invitation privileges where you can uh, not wait for a sign up. If you go to ideapod.com forward slash nyi, that's kind of a secret link that allows you to create a profile right
0: away. You won't have to wait. And uh, we'd love you to to share your ideas with us. Great. Well I'll put that in the show notes of course and justin how can people track you down follow you track you find out more about you and your ideas
1: uh i'm at ideapod.com justin you can see all of my ideas there and and from there i've got my um, twitter link and facebook and things
0: like that so feel free to reach out my email address is justin at ideapod.com as well fabulous justin thanks for this very much looking forward to staying on track with ideapod i think you're on something uh, wonderful and, and large i'm certainly looking forward to the new developments uh, it's great to have you on the show Thank you so much. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minted Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes, and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails.